The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the sixth item of spiritual armor provided for the child of God in the spiritual battles that he faces. That item is the sword of the Spirit. And we learned that that sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Sometimes we talk about the sword of the Spirit as being only an offensive weapon. But we had seen yesterday that it's both offensive and defensive in nature. We were beginning to look at the offensive nature of the weapon, and we'll continue today to see how we can use it to repel the attacks of the enemy and indeed to go on the offensive and make the devil flee from us. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Sometimes you have to go on the offensive to repel the attacks of the flesh. Remember Psalm 119 and verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's certainly defensive, but it's also offensive. If you go ahead and hide the word in your heart, you'll be able to stop the attack before it starts. And as I said earlier, sometimes we have to go on the offensive to win back the ground that we have lost in our daily walk. Look at verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? This is a young man who's gotten out of the way. This is a young man who's having problems. His way has gotten corrupted. His way has he's gotten dirtied by the world. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Not according to the worldly philosophies. Not according to what I think or what you think or what somebody else thinks. Not according to what some preacher tells you that you've got to do to live your best life now. But according to what the Word of God says, you can cleanse your way. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, I'm, I don't want to get too modern here in my, in my preaching, but one of my, favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies and books is The Lord of the Rings. And if you remember, whenever there were any of those orcs around, the swords, certain types of swords would glow. And it would shine a little light there. Well, that's, that's what this is like here. The Word of God is like those swords. It will shine a light on your path and show you the direction to go. That's the purpose of the sword. Let's, let's, talk, about, let's talk about the power of the sword. You remember what he said already? It's the, it's the supreme weapon of all time. The sword is the sword of the Spirit, of the Spirit. You see, it's not the sword of the preacher. It's not the sword of the church. It's not the sword of the, uh, of the Bible publisher. It's the sword of the Spirit of God. It's, it's the capital S Spirit. Not just a spiritual sword, but the sword of the Spirit. And that means it is a divine sword. The Spirit of God forged it. Think about this, beloved. The Word of God is the most amazing book that's ever been written. It is divinely inspired. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means literally it is divinely breathed in. It is divinely breathed. It's given by God's breath itself. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21 says that the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now listen to this. The Bible has many writers. I forget the number, but it's many writers. From kings to plowmen, herdsmen, and everything in between. But it has only one author. It has only one author. The Lord God Almighty Himself. It is a divine sword. And as such, it is an infallible sword. It's infallible. It's perfect in toto. It's perfect complete. The whole thing is complete. Psalm 19 and verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony, that is the written testimonies of the Lord, is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It's perfect. This book here is perfect. It need, it, there's, there's, there's no more we can add to it. It's perfect in its parts. Remember what Psalm 12 and verse 6 says? It says, the words 
not just the word, the words, the individual words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times, and in case you're worried about something happening to them and them going away, it says, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. I just believe what the Word of God says. And that means that from that generation until the end of time, the Word will be preserved. There will be a divinely inspired, but also a divinely preserved Word of God. We dealt with that in our series on the Articles of Faith here. Go back and listen to it sometime. But we can have confidence that what we have today is the divinely inspired, infallible Word of God. Jesus said over, I believe it's John chapter 10, that the Scripture cannot be broken. That is, it can't be dissolved. It can't be destroyed. And that means there's no conflicts in it either. There's no inconsistencies. There's no contradictions. It is infallible. And as I've already alluded to, it is a sufficient word. It's sufficient. It, it, it's, it's all you need. Remember, it needs no additions. Proverbs 30 and verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Open Revelation chapter 22 and verse 18 is... The writer there is closing out the book of Revelation, the entire Bible, the final book of the Bible. He says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. It needs no additions. But praise God, it needs no subtractions either. It needs no taking away. Revelation 22 and verse 19, the very next verse. If any man shall take away... From the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He's not talking about throwing you into hell, but he's talking about you will not experience the blessings of this holy city, this kingdom of God that's here on earth right now if you want to take away from the word of God. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. We already quoted that part, but now, now, now listen to the rest of it. We're talking about the sufficiency of the sword that you have. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Don't let the professors of this world tell you that it's old fogey and it's a waste of time to read the Word of God. It is profitable to you, child of God. It is profitable. Notice what is profitable for us. Profitable for doctrine. That's to tell us what the right path of life is. It's, it's profitable for reproof. That's to tell you when you're off that path. When you're off that path. It's profitable for correction. That's to tell you how to get back on the path. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. That's to tell you how to stay on the path. <laughs> it's got it all covered, you see. I heard Brother Buddy or somebody talking about how bad it would be if all the Bible said was, if all the Bible told you was when you were off the right path. You know, it'd be like a GPS system that says, you're on the wrong path. You took a wrong turn. It doesn't tell you how to get back where you need to be. <laughs> but the Bible tells you how to get back where you need to be. Now listen to this, verse 17. That the man of God, that is a child of God, not just a preacher, the child of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good work. The, I'm not saying that 
it's improper to read commentary. I read commentaries. I've got a bunch of commentaries in my library at home, and I go to them in preparing messages often. I, I read some old writers and read some contemporary writers, and I, 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 I'm, I'm edified sometimes by them. But if that's what you look to for Scripture, you're looking to the wrong place. There's this new series out that I really like. It's called The Chosen. It's probably the best depiction of Jesus and his disciples that I've ever seen on, on TV. And I'm thankful for it. I enjoy it. But the chosen is not scripture. There's things in there that are added that sort of backstory. I haven't seen them violate scripture yet, but, uh, but I don't trust them not to because that's not scripture. I'm thankful for men that will make those kinds of those kinds of movies, but don't go watch the chosen and say, I've read the Bible because you haven't. <laughs> this scripture here is what the man of God needs to be perfect. That is mature. That is to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Thoroughly, fur thoroughly furnished. That means fully equipped, finished out. That's all you need. When you're a young man, you need to start with the word of God so that on your deathbed, you can finish out with the word of God. <laughs> It will finish you out. That's the purpose. That's the power, rather, of the sword that we have. Now, in, in the time we have left, let's look at the practicality of the sword, the, the Word of God. Let's look at how we're to handle it. Notice what it says back in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Notice what it says. It doesn't say just screw off the top of your head and I'll pour it into your mind. <laughs> you know, the Lord doesn't do that any more than your teachers in college or high school did. You know, you, you can, I've, I've heard that it said that um, more prayers were offered up on final exam day than any other day of the year in college. And I know that was the case in law school, but, uh, but you know, I don't care how much you pray. Yeah, the Lord could divinely reveal it to you, but he doesn't do that. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He doesn't show up and, and, and screw off the top of your head and pour his word into it. We have to take it up. So what do we do? How do we take up the sword of the spirit? Well, read it. Read it. Paul's contemplation here is that the word is not to be put in a glass case for display on a mantle. It should be in our hands like the Roman sword at our side, always at the ready. It should be on our lips and in our minds. And let me just say to you, he tells us to hide it in our hearts, but you can't hide it in your hearts if you don't hold it in your hand. If you don't read it, if you don't, if you don't study, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Beloved, you as a child of God, I as a child of God, have to read the word of God. You need to be here. We're going to see that in a minute. You need to be here and hear me preach it. But I can't give you what you need for one hour or two hours on Sunday. You need to be reading the word of God. Read it. And also hear it. Hear it. We're told in Luke chapter 11 uh, that Jesus, it says it came to pass that as he spoke some things here, the certain woman lifted up her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. But verse 28, he says, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. 
There are many of our good, dear friends who are children of God who worship the mother of Jesus. He says, don't be worried about that. He says, you get in the Word of God. You get in the Word of God. Blessed is Mary, sure. She was highly favored, we're told. We talked about that a few weeks ago. But I want to tell you what's important is not those old saints or some other person who's been made or called a saint because of something special supposedly they did. It's what you do today in the Word of God. He said, blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it. We're told in Romans 10, 17 that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You need to hear the word preached. Remember what it says over in Hebrews chapter 10. See, there's a, there's a reason church is important. There's a reason coming to hear the preached word is important. In chapter 10 and verse 22, we'll start back there. He said, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is the context that he's building up to what he's about to say about being here and hearing the word. He said, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Let me just stop there and say this. When I'm with you, I am provoked unto love and good works. You provoke me to do better. When I'm tempted out there in the world, you remind me that I should do better. Remembering that I will be here on Sunday morning. There are times when I don't feel like being here. There are times when I feel so convicted over my sins. I think, why in the world, Lord, would you put me in the pulpit? Why am I standing here? I don't believe I can do it. I was struggling with that even as late as yesterday. But yet, I remember you and my brothers and sisters in Christ, even, in the, even on the side of the road last night, in the, in the time of that wreck. I, Sister Lee comes by and others come by that are, that are members of the church. And, and Brother Glendon's there. And we just, you know, I felt encouraged. I felt as bad as I felt that night. I felt encouraged by being with you. In remembering that I'd be here this morning, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. But guess what? You can't do that if you're not together, you see. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm exhorting you. I'm exhort you exhort me to be here and to fellowship together in the assembly of the saints. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. If you can't see the day of the Lord approaching, beloved, I'm sorry you're blind. I'm not saying he's about to come back. I hope he is. I can't tell you the timetable, but I can tell you things aren't getting better and better. They're getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And as, and as discouraging as that can be, it's also encouraging. Because it tells me that maybe, just maybe, he's about to come back. And you know what he says about that? He says we ought to be more interested in the assembly of the saints, the further, the closer we get to his return than we are now. Hear it. That's how we take up the word of God. Hear it preached. Listen, there's, there's no real good excuses in this day and age either, by the way. You say, well, I can't make it to church. There's some here that have joined by Zoom. That's a way you can join. There's all kinds of podcasts out there, primitive Baptist podcasts. You can pull them up. You know, I, I like to listen to George Jones. I do. <laughs> I listened to one of his songs this morning on YouTube. But, but more than that, instead of listening to some sad country song that's about despair and death, why don't you listen to Brother Ronald Lawrence preaching on grace alone? 
Why don't we listen to Brother Tim or Brother Luke over on the Bethlehem podcast? Pull, I mean, if you're out of completely anything else to listen to, pull up me <laughs> on the Zion podcast. There's something to listen to out there every day. Hear the Word of God. But if you hear it and you read it, but you don't believe it, you just wasted your time, <laughs> right? So the other way, the third way that we take up the sword is we trust it. We trust what he says. Remember Psalm 119 and verse 128? Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. What he just said there is that there is no situation in life where the word of God is not true and does not help you and does not govern. Notice what he said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 6. He said, therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. That's where I am right now. I'm at home in the body. I can see that. I can touch that. I can feel that. I feel pain. I feel despair. I feel discouragement. I sometimes feel joy and peace. But he goes on to say this. He says, while we are here in the body, we're absent from the Lord. And he says, for we walk by faith. And not by sight. He's building up to something here. Verse 8. We are confident. How? By faith. By reading the word of God and trusting and believing it. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I think the worst times of my life have been the times when I've lost loved ones to death. We've all struggled with that. Nobody here that hadn't struggled with that. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a spouse maybe it's a child maybe it's a brother or a sister or someone like that but whatever it is you've experienced it and you who remain are still present in the body but absent from the lord but by faith by reading the word of god and trusting it rather than sorrowing with no hope as the world does we can sorrow with hope because we know that they are absent from the body and present with the lord See, that's important because I can't make it in life if I don't believe that. I would be of all men most miserable as those Corinthians were. Trust it. And also, child of God, apply it. Apply it. James chapter 1 and verse 22. James tells us in James 1, 22, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. See, Paul's contemplation here and James's contemplation is that you're not just going to listen to it and then go away and live the same way you've always lived. The idea is that the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, ought to change our lives. It ought to make a difference. Now, we still got that sin nature, and we're still going to struggle with the same besetting sins that we've always struggled with. But hopefully the idea is that when we hear the Word and we read the Word and we hear it preached and we study upon it and meditate upon it, we can apply it in our lives and do a little better. I've experienced that. I've experienced the times when I didn't do better, and I was convicted by it. But I've also experienced the times when I did better. Instead of letting that word escape my lips that shouldn't have escaped my lips, I held it back. Instead of letting the anger uh, spill over and reacting in, in wrath, I was able to exercise patience, you see. He says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding 
his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You see, the point is here is that we sometimes forget. And that's why we need to stay in the Word. Romans 1 and, uh, 12 and verse 1 says that we're to submit our bodies, present our bodies a living sacrifice. And he goes on in chapter 2 and says, don't be, conformed, trans, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of our minds. What's he talking about? Staying in the Word of God. Child of God, there's no question the Bible, the Word of God is our most powerful weapon. But so many of us, don't know what we have. I go back to my Lord of the Rings examples. If you remember, those of you that are familiar with the story, there was a ring in that, in that book that was a magic ring, and it was found by Bilbo Baggins some 80 years, 70 to 80 years before uh, finally they figured out what it meant and what it was. It was the most powerful talisman in the land in that day, and they held on to it for 70 or 80 years not knowing what it was. Sometimes we play around with the word we sit it on the shelf but child of God this word is the most powerful weapon in the history of the world many of us many of God's children have laid down their weapon in the midst of the battle don't drop your sword many of us say well I can't find the time well I want to tell you you'll never find the time you got to make the time you got to make the time how much time do we spend texting or watching TV or doing any number of other things that we enjoy? We can stream a marathon of Yellowstone, <laughs> but can't spend an hour reading the Word. I'll tell you what convicts me every week is this, this weekly report of my screen time on my iPhone. It pops up. says, you spent so much hours a day. You know, I'm sorry to say it's hours. So many hours a day on your phone when I could have been spending it reading the Word of God, I read an estimate that you can read through the entire Bible in 74 hours and 28 minutes average, okay? Now listen to this. That's 25 minutes per day to read through the Bible in six months. That's 12 minutes per day to complete it in a year or six minutes a day to complete it in two years. And yet, many of us haven't read through the entire Bible in our whole lives. I'm not saying this to convict you. I, for many years, I went without ever reading through the scripture. Sometimes the reason for this is we just get exhausted in the battle. Are you exhausted in the battle? Don't drop your sword. Can you imagine the physical condition that Jesus was in after 40 days of fasting? And yet it was in that weary condition. And I, I, I promise you, child of God, it's when you're the weariest that the devil will come after you. It was in that weary condition that the devil himself came and tempted Jesus three times. And as weary as Jesus was in the flesh, he did not let go of the sword of the Spirit. Three times he unsheathed it and he answered the devil's temptations and lies with the Word of God. <laughs> and notice here, you say, well, that was Jesus. He was the Son of God. But you know, he didn't act as the Son of God there. I mean, he certainly was acting as the Son of God. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't, he didn't use anything we don't have. He didn't call upon some spiritual reserves or some greatness of his, of his divinity. He just pulled out the Word of God and he used it 
to defeat every temptation and leave the evil one slain at his feet. Send him running just because he didn't get weary in the battle and drop his sword. Let the sword of the Spirit, child of God, cleave to your hand. Use it, study it, cling to it, and it will deliver you in the midst of the weariness of battle. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.